Come on, don't stop that. Come on, there was something that was moving before you ever got here this morning. Come on, God came here on the corner of Tarpon Street to, to deliver some people. They call him Father. I don't know about you, but it feels good in the house. I said it feels good in the house. I'm going to take my time for a moment, but believe me, God's already shown me how this thing's going to end, and you're going to have your chance to put Satan under your foot. Amen? Come on, clap your hands if you're thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if just all over the house we could take a quick moment and lift up our hands in prayer for Brother Sean and Brother Kendrick. Anybody know that the name of Jesus? Am I in the right church? I said that at the only name of Jesus, sickness must flee. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. I don't know who's watching. I don't know what you need. But at the name of Jesus, my Bible says uh, that the demons know his name and they tremble and flee. Do I have anybody in the house that still believes, uh, that knows how to lift up the name of Jesus? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're praying for them this morning for every sickness and infirmity in their body. You may be seated. First of all, I count it a distinct honor and privilege to stand behind this desk. I do not feel worthy. I don't feel sufficient. But I have heard from God. Church, if I have ever heard from God, God has a word for this house this morning. I want to give honor to my bishop, It just ain't the same when he's not here. Can I tell you that I used to be real nervous because he preaches so good and he sings so good. I used to be nervous when I'd preach and he'd be there, but now it's like my dad's missing. I feel that gap. I love him so much. We're praying for him. We love him. Anybody thankful for the angel of the house? Thank you, Jesus. Church, I have a very specific assignment this morning. I am not careful to answer this matter. I, I hope you've been praying, church. I feel it. You have been praying. I don't feel like it's often that God puts me in this arena. And I honestly, I get excited when he does. It just doesn't happen often. The word I have for you today is one of power, dominion, and as the Bible says, to give them hope. I feel it. But God speaks to me like he probably speaks to some of you, and he speaks very plainly to me. 
So I'm going to set some things in order for this church service, if that's all right. I'd ask that anybody in the hallway please make your way into the church house. Come on, it's not, it's not daycare, it's not, it's not break time. God has a word for you, and if you're not careful, you'll miss it just outside those doors. I just feel this burden that every father, every mother, every man, every woman that's under the sound of my voice, God's about to bring clarity for where you are. God's about to bring clarity to where you are. As we stand for the reading of the Word of God, this is a very popular portion of Scripture. The older I get, the more I seem to rehearse it. If you've lived for God any amount of time, you understand that when things get dark and weary, you'll find yourself quoting this. Psalm 23. Can I get an amen in the house? I must be the only one that has bad days. I must be the only one that the devil picks on. Come on. But God said, my word will endure. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I need to repeat that for a moment. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear. I feel a boldness in this place. I don't know who the devil's been lying to this week. I said, but I don't fear no death. I don't fear no devil. I don't fear no demon. For thou art with me. Can the church say it? Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And for this last verse, I have seen this in Scripture. God has shown this to me. And I hope with the help of the Holy Ghost, I can adequately relay this. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Can I preach to the church dinner with the devil? I said, can I preach to the church dinner with the devil? If you would lift your hands right now and help me pray. Stretch your hands forth to this desk. Let's lift our voice. Come on, prayer warriors, mothers, fathers, can you lift your voice? Come on, we can do better than that. Come on. Come on, the devils, you've been fighting much too strong for you to be that quiet. 
Come on, the blessing you need is much too big for you to be that quiet. Come on, let it echo through the house. Come on, let it echo through the house. Come on, let his spirit rattle these walls. Clap your hands one more time in the presence of the Lord. You may be seated. I brought the sword this morning. I didn't bring nothing else. I ain't got my phone, no iPad. I'm just an old preacher. But how many of you still believe in the power of the Word of God? I said it still changes people. I know it's old, but it's still right. It's still powerful. It still has the power and liberty to set you free. It has power and dominion to kill the demons that weary you. If there is ever a spirit that is in the earth to destroy anything, it is the spirit to destroy the roles of men and women. Part of the confusion that we have now in this day and age is because uh, the gender specifics have got swapped. Uh, there's been fathers who were not fathers, uh, so mothers had to be fathers. Uh, there was mothers who were not mothers, so mothers uh, have to be fathers. Uh, but can I tell you, there is a specific uh, dominion for a man and for a woman. I know it's tight. I knew it would be, but that's okay. I said there is an agenda, there is a spirit in this last day that the adversary would like no more than for a man of his household, for a man of God, for a leader in his home to be not understanding of what his role truly is. Okay, I'll prove it to you. I was listening to some gospel music a playlist from YouTube, and I had it just playing over and over. I was praying, and they have prayer room. They have anything you want, prayer room music, Marvin Winans, anything you want, and I found it peculiar how in the midst of that prayer meeting when, when God's, when these angels were singing about God, there was an ad that just, it cycled probably three or four times, and the first time I, I didn't even understand what it was, but it was an ad for uh, a cross-dressing transgender man that was embedding himself in those ideologies, in those spirits, plainly, out in the open. It wasn't hidden. He had nothing to fear and nothing to hide. Can I tell you that in this last day, the devil is trying to sow confusion into the mind of men and women. He does not want you to understand that as the man of your home, you have power and dominion. That as the woman of your home, you have authority and dominion in your house. Does anybody believe that this morning? 
I said, does anybody believe that there is power in understanding your God-given role in your home? It seems that we have many examples among us, whether it be in the sports world or the music world or the movie industry in Hollywood, none of these things should take the church by surprise, but there is a, a misidentity of our men, masculine men, heterosexual men that love women but seemingly dress like women. I said it's so subtle. They love women. They have wives, but there is a spirit that is moving through our men that the adversary is planting that says, it's okay, you can still be a man and you can dress how you want. You can look like a woman. Can I tell you, that is just the beginning of sorrows. His ultimate plan is for you to lose your home, for you to lose dominion in your house, for you to not lead your family. My job this morning is partly to expose the adversary. I'm going to preach to the men for a little bit. I've never got in this space before. I've never, I've never felt this liberty. But God has a specific word for the women of the house right now this morning. I said, I'm going to preach to the men, but God has something special for the ladies of this house, for the prayer warriors of this church. God give us men, not just strong men. Give us men with grit. Give us men that don't complain. Give us men that will stand ten toes down with their shoulders squared in the house of God that says, Thus saith the Lord, for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Do I got any men in the house uh, that still know your God-given responsibility that even when your wife doesn't feel it, uh, even when your family don't like it, uh, you have to bring them to the house of God? Clap your hands if you believe that this morning. God, give us Women, women that knows what it's like to feel the spirit of intercession at midnight. Oh, I feel that. Women that aren't afraid of the adversary, women that know their God, women that know power and dominion. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Is there any women in the Rock Church that's not afraid of the devil when he tries to come and take your baby from your house? You can stand flat-footed. Whether my husband's there, whether my family likes it, I am here to stand in the gap. That's okay. That's okay. The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. I just feel a need in my spirit. I can't get away from this to clarify. This ideology that once you get in church and you get the Holy Ghost and that you know your God, that that is the end of all your sorrows 
and that that's the end of all your struggle and that's the reason why you fell out of church because when you got in church it got a little tougher can I just speak to the men you need to man up I'm tired of the devil making things tough you need to grow a backbone you need to get some grit in your gut yeah life's hard life's tough but we have God I said we have the almighty God Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I just need to tell you, the devil thought he had me. He fought me tooth and nail, moving every single thing that I own from Louisiana to here this whole week. I mean, he took every single shot he could. But let me tell you something I learned along the way. Can I give anybody some advice this morning? Daddies, listen to me. When I feel the adversary bury his heels... My, my dad wasn't in church most of my life, so I, what I'm about to preach, I'm qualified to preach. My mama bared the burden of taking me and my sisters to church since I was a baby. She fought hell on earth, but let me tell you something. I'm here today for a praying mom. I'm here today because my mother said, as for me and my house, whether he goes, I go, you will have to kill me to keep me out of the house of God. And can I tell you, the adversary fought us tooth and nail, but one thing I've learned my daddy was in the Navy. He had a rough, rough upbringing. Didn't know God his whole life until right before he died. But my daddy loved to fight. I remember as a child, my daddy would tell my mom, it'd be about 11 o'clock at night, and he'd start wringing his hands, and he'd say, yeah, it's about time. I just need to go get in a fight. And he'd go right down the road, He'd come back with blistered, bruised hands, and he was good for a little while. And honestly, I attribute a lot of my grit that I get from him. But can I tell you that when I feel the devil bow up in my face, devil, I've been ready for a fight. I came prepared. I'm not weary because you broke something in the house of God. I'm not weary because you battled me. I am ready, and I am more than able. Does anybody feel that in the house of God this morning? Oh, come on. Uh, some of you know what it's like to get battled by the devil. Uh, some of you know what it's like to fight while you're bleeding. Uh, but God came in uh, and he said, child, uh, I'm on my way. Uh, child, uh, I'm headed your way. So this ideology that once we get into church, uh, this charismatic spirit that's in the earth uh, that says everything's happy-go-lucky, uh, everything's just easy going, uh, come and know Jesus, come and know him. That is not what the Bible says. Uh, my days that a man is born of woman is full of suffering. I know that trouble's coming my way. I know that there's going to be hard times. Uh, the revelation that takes place in a child of God is this. Uh, God, if you send it, I know that I can walk through it. God, if you brought it to my doorstep, you must know that I'm equipped to walk through this thing. 
Oh, I feel that this morning because some of you have been depressed thinking, God, why have you left me? I'm about to preach. Some of you have been telling God, God, this must not be for me. I must be living wrong going to that church. I said the devil's still a liar. I said he's still a liar. God's trying to bring this church to a dimension, and I've seen it. It's all over this place. The signs are here. The Spirit's here. I was in my office praying this morning and in the choir rehearsal. First day, God spoke to me. Do you know that God doesn't have practice? I got so convicted because First Lady teaches everything we do is for one and one only. And when you have that revelation, it's hard to just come to practice because you start to realize uh, every time that I sing to God, it's for him. Uh, every time that I play my instrument, it's for his glory. Uh, every time that I get in his presence, uh, it's for him. I said, God doesn't practice. Uh, we practice, uh, but what we do is for him. I said, trouble it's just a part of this earth. It has nothing to do with you. We got trouble. Bishop recommended a book called Anti-Fragile, and it really messed with my spirit. I know I'm aggressive, and I'm kind of hard to get along with sometimes. I've got very few friends. But I really, I really resonated with that book because anytime I feel a resistance... There is something that rises up in me that say, I, I wish you would. I, I wish you would try to clear my bank account because I got blessings over my life. You can't take my money. I wish you would threaten me, Satan, with infirmities in my body because even if you kill me, God's got me. Oh, I feel that. I said, there's power in this house that when God saves you, yeah, there's trouble coming. Yeah, there's hard times coming. But what I've learned is that there's blessings more. There's health more. There's freedom more. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach here in a minute. Y'all just give me a second. So fear, timidness has no place in the midst of the storm. I lost you. I said, even when the storm comes, I'm going to give him my dance. I said, even when it's raining on my parade, I'm still going to give him the glory. First lady, when there's more money going out than it's coming in, he's still going to get my best praise. I'm trying to be quick. There will always be trials. There will always be situations. You're not isolated. You're not secluded from these things. They are part of your being while you're here on earth until you draw your last breath. We will struggle. And I'm not trying to be a prophet of doom. I'm just trying to tell you, be a man about it. Square your shoulders up. Take the licks. Women of God, stand in the gap. Do what God's called you to do. 
The devil's angry right now, but I like it. He said, I'll make a way out of no way. You know what? When I got the revelation that when God took the steering wheel out of my hand, he had me empty my bank accounts, whatever. I, I know I'm going to lose a few of you. That is the place that faith is truly built. Oh, yeah. Because it's easy to do your dance when you got $50,000 in the bank. It's easy to do all that whenever you know whenever the money's coming. It's easy to do that when he made a way before and it's evident. But can I tell you where faith is built is when you give God the steering wheel and say, God, I don't know where it's coming from. God, I don't know where the money's coming from. But I'm setting you up for a miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His highest praise. The problem with us, myself included, is that oftentimes we allow the atmosphere to change us. Oh, I'm going to preach it. He don't, he don't want me to do it, but I'm going to do it. We allow the atmosphere to change us. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty more than anybody. When the devil's speaking to you and punching you in the mouth and He's dealing blows. It's the hardest thing in the world to be broken before God in this altar. I'm not talking about being depressed before God. I'm talking about whenever you don't understand why God's doing what he's doing or the lack thereof. You have to change your atmosphere. You don't allow the atmosphere to change you. The problem with the church is that we feel like we can change nothing. That everything that is dealt to us is just our hand. But can I preach right now? That much Holy Ghost. I said that much Holy Ghost. When you bring that before God is enough to make every demon in this place tremble. It's enough to make every demon in your life flee. It's enough to cast bonds down and break chains. It is enough. Let us just pray for a moment. Do I got any intercessors in the house that can pray in the spirit? Come on, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. God's about to break some chains for some people. Come on, it should be normal in this house to interrupt the preaching when the spirit just hits this place uh, like a landmine. Uh, it should be in order for the service to get wrecked in the middle of the preaching for intercession uh, just to take place uh, and rattle the walls uh, of this city. Hallelujah. God, give us men. I hope you wore your big boy pants. Judges 4 and 6, while they get that. This is a story of the Israelites being oppressed mightily for 20 years. I say God's people are being troubled and oppressed, enslaved for 20 years. God sold the Israelites into the hands of a king called Jabin, the king of Hazor. And there is a man in ancient Israel. 
His name is Barak. And Barak is a military commander. This is not a weak man. This is not a man that when it's a little warm, he stays home in the air condition. I said, this is a man that whenever times get tough and, you know, your marriage ain't just right, he said, baby, we're going to go pray in the house of God. We're, we're not going to lay out from church. I said, this is a man that has known war. A military, a decorated military commander. His name, translated from Hebrew, actually means lightning. Now, I'm not going to pick on him. I'm just going to preach the word. If there's ever a spirit that's alive for my generation, I'm preaching to my generation this morning. It's the spirit of Barak. Because just like lightning, there's a lot of potential. But it's uncontrollable. I'm going to preach it. There is a lot of potential in lightning, but it's undisciplined. It, it, can't, it can't be harnessed. It can't be used. I got a little bit of an electrical background. There is more use in a watch battery than lightning. So you can have all the uniform on. You could look real nice. The Bible says that Barak was a military man. Judges 4 and 6 says, Hath not the Lord. Now this is Deborah. She is speaking to Barak. Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor. Take with thee 10,000 men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun. It's going to get a little tight, but we're going to preach through it anyway. Clap your hands if you believe it. Come on, God's about to set some people free. God's about to strengthen somebody's home. God's about to bring a man to his full potential in the house of God. One thing, one characteristic about lightning is that it is sporadic. It's inconsistent. Lightning has a tremendous amount of potential, averaging millions of volts, but it is useless because it cannot be controlled. God can't use lightning. Inconsistency is unusable. Yeah, you have power. You're bright. You've got potential, but you're uncontrollable. Can I just preach to the daddies for a minute? Can I preach to the men? If we're going to do anything for our families, if we're going to stand for God in this last hour, we have to learn to be consistent in our attendance. We have to learn to be consistent in our walk with God. Not just what we do, but what we say in our prayer life, in our home. We don't have time to play games. Barak is a commander. 
Now, I felt this in the Holy Ghost, and this is for a few people in this house. Your position requires action. The prophetess is asking him because God has already spoke to Barak. Daddy, God's already spoke to you about some things in your home. God's already brought it to you, and he's waiting. He's waiting like a good father for you to make those adjustments. Mama, if daddy's not there, God's already spoke to you in place of that and told you, hey, there's some things that need to be changed. So God brings a prophet. Says, hey, didn't, didn't God tell you you were supposed to go down there? And I heard this as I was praying over this specific part of this message. I'm talking to the men. You've been waiting to get married. You've been waiting for your, the right job. You've been waiting for all these circumstances. You've been waiting for all your finances. To get, God is asking you, then what? Then what? It's always something, huh? God is pulling our men to a deep consecration of prayer and leadership. And can I tell you, it will not get easier in the last day than for our forefathers. If anything, it is going to get tougher. We've got to be more disciplined, more faithful, more regimented in our prayer and our leadership. We don't have time to waste. You said, God, I'll, I'll get married and then I'll fulfill that call of God. It's dangerous to put God on timelines. I said it's dangerous to put God on timelines and schedules. You said, I'll go ahead and get my girlfriend and then, then I'll, I'll do the dating. And when I get older, I'll, I'll handle this call of God that's on my life. I got some irons in the fire. I got some business deals I got to take care of. And then I'll fulfill this call of God that's on my life. And I'm going to get to it in a minute. But let me just affirm what the Holy Ghost is saying. God's will will be done. I said God's will will be done. God waits for no man. There is a window of opportunity, but believe you me, there's coming a time and a season that God said, I gave them enough time. I've given them enough leeway. I've got to speak to somebody that will hear my voice and follow me. Hallelujah. So God speaks to this prophetess. She gives a word unto Barak. She says, hey, God was telling you to go do something. What you going to do? Can I tell you that, now please believe me, I believe it's very important, I'm going to preface this, to be a good father. You, you should be a good father. But God spoke to me in this altar, because it's, it's in the front of my mind, I want to be a good husband, I want to be a good father. That does not qualify you as a spiritual leader of your home. I'm sorry. Was it something I said? 
I said, just because you're a good daddy does not give you spiritual authority. It does not make you the spiritual head of your home. Just because you take your children to Disney World and vacate, yes, you're a good daddy, but you need to be a giant in front of them in the prayer room. They need to know their daddy's voice. They need to know the consecration. Just because you're a good daddy and a good father, those things are great, but you need, every devil needs to know your name. I said, we got an obligation that far succeeds whatever type of vacation schedule you got, whatever work schedule, whatever type of money you're planning to leave your children, and all those things are great. Your first obligation, your first commitment is to this house of God and to be the example unto your family, an example unto your wife, an example unto your children. God spoke to Barak first and alone. There are some things that fathers have to shoulder that mama won't understand, that the baby is going to be upset about. But can I tell you that as a, as a God-ordained man, as the priest of your home, the only way you're going to find strength to lead your family is through prayer. I'm just preaching to you. I'm telling you that if you're finding it tough to lead your family, if you find it tough to withstand your family's decisions with you trying to lead your home, it's because you have to get deep, consecrated prayer that rises up in you that says, baby, I know you don't understand what I'm telling you, but God gave me a word. God spoke to me. I'm leading this house. Why? Because on judgment day, my hands or in question for how I led you. We got some new daddies and some about to be fathers. Can I tell you, there's an obligation to your prayer life. And I was raised in this, so I can tell you some, there's some things we got mixed up because a lot of the fathers in the church thought attendance meant anointing. Uh, they, they thought attendance, they thought because they showed up that that was their obligation to their family. No, sir, no, ma'am, no, 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 no. That is just the beginning. That is the first requirement uh, to get your family to the house of God. Uh, I can tell you if hell is fighting you tooth and nail, uh, it's because there's some blessings laid up uh, in your children. Uh, there's some anointings laid up uh, in your children. In this next generation, uh, we have an obligation to not sacrifice and not to to compromise, but we've got an obligation to bring it to them. It's a heavy burden that the father must bear to only have the voice of God in your ear and to only walk by faith in prayer and fasting. Like lightning, lightning is known. You see it before you ever hear it. Oh, that's the generation we live in. That's the generation. You, you, uh, people want, I want you to see me before you hear me. Can I tell you, God gave me this in prayer. He said, your actions will announce your anointing. I'm going to repeat that. 
Your actions will announce your anointing. You don't have to post it on Facebook. You don't have to post it on Instagram. You don't have to be flashy. You don't have to post motivational scriptures. But when your pastor sees you teaching Bible studies, when he sees you walking in the streets giving outreach, that's when he knows you have arrived. It's quiet, but it's right. How many of us men, this convicted me because I fall in this category. As men, you know that Second Amendment, we carry, right? And a lot of you women do too. I've seen your purse. God spoke to this, this to me. He said, you'll carry that gun. And boy, you're waiting for somebody to mess with your family but you'll let the adversary harass your family and never intervene for him. I'm sorry. I said, we, we got a problem as men. We got this testosterone, and we ready for it to pop off at any moment. I'm ready to defend mine. But when the adversary's in my home, and he's battling my children, he's battling my wife, the Bible says we don't wrestle in flesh and blood. Daddy, you better find a prayer room. Daddy, you need to find an altar. Daddy, you need to get with God. The devil's not harassing my family under my nose. The devil's not coming in my house and bringing depression and anxiety. Why? Because God put me as the covering of my home. We're going somewhere. I'm going to preach in a moment. Like Barak, you will run out of time in the valley of decision. You will. Being lukewarm, you have a time limit in that valley. When God has spoke to you about your anointing, and I felt this, if God's called you to preach or you have any other ministry that God spoke to you about, you don't have another day to wait. You're not hearing me. You don't have another day to wait. If God spoke it to you, now is the day. Now is the hour. Prepare yourself for your ministry. The time will run out in the valley of decision. I'm excited to preach this next part. and I'm not crossing theological swords. I'm just going to preach the Bible if that's okay. Judges 4 and 8 says, Barak answered Deborah, if thou wilt go with me. So she said, hey, God told you to go down there. What you going to do? You going to listen to God? And he responds, and this makes me angry. If you'll go with me, I'll go. Somebody's telling God about what he has spoke to you, about your anointing, your ministry, whatever God, I feel this in the Holy Ghost, whatever God has showed you, you say, God, I'll go if you'll go with me. 
Now hear me, God's got to be with us. But God's pushing somebody in the Holy Ghost to get out of the valley of decision and to start having actions towards what he has spoke to you. Now's the moment whenever you get out of that valley and you say, God, I don't understand it. There's no sign for me to see. There's no confirmation. There's no billboard. But God, if you spoke it to me, I'm going. I'm going if I got to go by myself. I'm going if my mom don't go. I'm going if my husband don't go. I'm going where God's calling me. Problem isn't that you're not sure of the voice of God. God spoke to me this, is, this morning. That's not the problem with you. You do know the voice of God. You know what he has spoke to you. The problem is you're scared to be alone. Why are you waiting for everybody else to have the same call of God on their life that God's bringing you to? Why are you waiting for your brothers and sisters to walk with you when God raises you up and he saves you and God speaks into your spirit? God, lead me whithersoever thou goest, I'll go, God. God, bless me, God, bless me, I'll go. God, if you'll go with me, I'll go. No. Because when I hear the voice of God, if I die, I'll die. If I die, I'll die. Why? Because God's everything to me. He's not just something I do on Sunday mornings. He's not just a part of my work schedule. He's not just a part of something I do during the week. He's not just a part of my Facebook biography. He is everything to me. If God tells me to go, I will go. If he leads, I'll go. You're scared of being alone. I feel that. I'm going to come down here because I, I, I I'm going to preach to somebody. Reason you ain't committed yourself to a house of God yet is because the devil's done told you all your friends and family is going to leave you when you start living right. Can I tell you that's the same old devil? He ain't changed his tune none. I said only the devil lies to people and tells you that you lose when you come to God. Because my experience is that when I came to God, I got blessings untold. I got things I couldn't imagine. I got health in my body. I got finances I never dreamed of. I just want to testify for a second. I left my job. I followed the voice of God, and I can tell you, God got quiet because he spoke a word, and then he got quiet. He said, I'm going to see what you're going to do. That's how faith is built. It's not built with flashing signs and billboards. God gives you a word, and he tells you to lead. Go ahead, go. I'm going to tell you, Abraham, whithersoever thou will walk, I will bless you, but you're going to have to put one foot in front of the other. I can't hold your hand. I can't make you do it. Why? Because my people that love me will want to serve me. I didn't know where my next check was coming from. I left. Unbelievable paying job. I was, God really, really blessed me with that, and I'm so grateful and thankful for that chapter in my life. I came here. God spoke a vision to me. Start some businesses. 
And can I tell you, church, I got in the valley of decision. And I said, this, this business thing ain't really working out for me. I'm losing a lot of money that I don't even have. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Can I tell you that I applied? Let me preface this. I have a lot of credentials and a lot of stuff. I applied for over 30-something jobs in the Valley of Decision. Not one called me back. I'm telling you a decorated resume that was professionally wrote by somebody, not me. I was overqualified. Can I tell you that I appreciate that God believes in his vision in me more than I do myself? Can I tell you that even when I didn't understand and I thought I was going to die and I thought it was a curse, God said, no, son, if you'll just trust me a little longer, I got something coming to you that you can't even comprehend. This little job that you're trying to get, I'm trying to bless you outside of your imagination, outside of what you can comprehend. He says, you're going to be all alone. Go ahead and follow God. You'll be all alone. I feel that this morning. The devil's got some of you on your heels. He's got you on your heels. Some of these mamas that you know what it's like to pray all night. The devil's done got your tongue tied. You say, I'll just cry myself to sleep tonight. I'm not picking. I'm just telling you what the Holy Ghost told me. I'll just cry tonight. Because even when I don't have the words to utter, I know that God's got a plan for me. Even when I don't have the strength to get out of my bed, I know that God will never leave me. He said, you're going to be all alone. That's okay. Anybody feel that this morning? I'm going to go by myself. I said, I'll go by myself. There's moments like I feel right now in the Holy Ghost and under the anointing, I'll take hell on with a water pistol. God, send me. If nobody else answers the call, God, I'll go do it. God, I want to work for God. If it's death, it's death. But God, use me. House full of clean swords. Judges 4 and 9. about to make a shift we're about to make a shift not just in this service in this house I feel this in my bones God's about to give some of you women a revelation that is the key not just to revival but to 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 deep intercession because some of you God has spoke to to have a prayer life that trembles hell and every demon in it but you're scared to go alone God's about to give you a revelation that the power you possess, there ain't no devil that can sit across from you and talk to you. You got more anointing and more Holy Ghost and holiness in your body that trembles every demon in hell under the sound of your voice. Judges 4 and 9 says, and she said, I will surely go with thee. Deborah said, hey, look, if, you, if that's what you need, if that's what you need, mommy will take you to school, okay? 
I'm going to be honest with you. I was coming for practice at 8 o'clock. And Sunday after Sunday, I knew she had been up all night. First lady would be praying in that corner, 7 o'clock. Men, I'm telling you, we have to be the leaders. There's a dynamic that takes place when there is alignment under God that goes from pastor to the man of his house to his wife. There is a dimension in the Holy Ghost that we can't even fathom that whenever we can get it in our spirit that says, no, 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 no. Nobody's got to hold my hand to take me to a deeper level of consecration. Nobody's got to make me come to church early. Nobody's got to hold my hand and pacify me. Why? Because when God created me as a man it may feel tough with the devil picking on you it may be feeling tough with the world and the way that it's going and the spirits in the earth but can I just tell us men we got this I said we got this I said, 10 toes down and shoulders squared, we can do this. Come hell or high water, I'm going to die in the house of God. Nobody's pulling me from my pew. Nobody's going to outpray me. Nobody's going to outfat. Why? Because there's something in me that says, God, if you want it done, do it through my home. So something's about to happen. There's a lot of theologies about it, I'm, but if you don't mind, I'm going to keep my opinion out of it. I'm just going to preach the Bible. God is about to use a woman because a man wouldn't listen. Oh, it's so quiet. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Look, you ask my wife, I like when it gets awkward and quiet. I'd rather preach like that. I feel better. God's about to use a woman because a man wouldn't listen. Can I preach to some young preachers? You go ahead and play with that call of God on your life and you, you deal with it frivolously and you don't pray, you don't seek God, and you don't be diligent in your studies. Can I tell you, you just go ahead and do it. God's about to speak to somebody. God's will will be done. God's word will be preached. God's word will come to pass. God's about to use a woman. She says, okay, if, that's what you, if you want me to go with you, I'll go with you. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Sisera, which is the captain of the army, into the hand of a woman. Not only am I going to circumvent the order in the home because you wouldn't listen, but now she's going to have power, dominion, and honor that should have been yours. And I asked God, I really did, in a humble, prayerful spirit, because this is wrote for a reason. Do we believe every word in the Bible? No, I mean, do, do we just pick and shoot? No, we don't pick and It's every word, line upon line, uh, precept upon precept, uh, because every word has a reason. Why did they write this? And I asked God, 
And it took him a minute to answer me, a few days. I was standing in the rain yesterday unloading the box truck, and God spoke to me a few times. This is what he said. I said, God, why wouldn't he just call another man? Barak was a military general, a commander. God spoke this. He said, because he had the uniform on, but his sword was clean. Yeah, you look pretty in your suit and tie. Yeah, them shoes is nice, but your sword ain't got a drop of blood on it. Your family's getting harassed. Our people uh, are troubled on every side. And what? So we can look pretty? Those things are important. But baby, if you ain't got blood on your sword, uh, if you don't know how to pray uh, in the Holy Ghost, uh, that's why God is calling women. House full of clean swords. Yeah, the, the women will take care of pre-service prayer. I'm not picking on us men. We've been doing a good. I'm just telling you, there's a dimension we ain't even reached yet. I said, there's a dimension we have not even reached yet. I said, when we can not only just walk back and forth and pray, but when we can be broken in the Holy Ghost, slain in the Spirit. I'm talking about you can't even go on the platform because you're so drunk in the Holy Ghost. That's what God is meaning for a house full of bloody swords. Does this church still believe that that's where our help comes from? Hey, we ain't getting no new building, no revival through our own flesh or any device we've created. Anything that comes here will be through prayer and the anointing of God, God's divine appointment through our consecration. That's a pretty uniform, Barak. You decorated. You preached a few conferences. You see it? You taught some Bible studies, Barak. You got a couple heads hung on your wall. What's happened to you, Barak? I feel that in the Holy Ghost. What's happened to you? You used to fight for me. You used to kill for me, Barak. What's happened? Your sword's clean. Your suit's pressed. Your medals is all straight. I feel that. That uniform sure is pretty, but, but your, your sword don't have a drop of blood on it. I said that sword you got wasn't meant to just carry in a case. Uh, it wasn't meant to just break out on Sundays. It wasn't meant just to look pretty and put some highlighter marks in. Barak, I called you when I showed you that sword. I meant for you to use it, not just on Tuesdays, not just on Sundays, but for you to use it all through the week. Then when you go on your job, I'm going to be a light. I'm going to kill demons. When I get on my job site, when I meet my friends, this is what I bleed. Quickly, I'm working through this. Living with a devil. This is what the main part, what God has spoke to me for this house. Living with a devil. And I told you, I'm qualified to preach this. Come meet me after church. We'll talk about it. Judges 4 and 11. There is a woman there that is actually going 
to fulfill this will of God. Her name is J.L. Her husband is Eber, the Kenite. Now, I'm going to break a little bit. There's so much in this. Eber is the husband to J.L. He was of God's people. Now, Eber the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, he's got a, a, a costly lineage. He's got a beautiful inheritance. Had severed himself from the Kenites. Now, if you know who the Kenites are, they were great friends of the people of God. So she done got herself a husband who don't like to go to church, who don't like the people of God. I feel it. I don't know who this is for. This is so often what I feel. I'm just telling you what the Holy Ghost spoke to me. She done got her a man and he ain't really, maybe he don't hate God. He just, he ain't really about the, the, the jiving and the, the worship. Man, why people got to act all like that? And they do it, they doing the most for God. Can I just tell you, if I stay up till two o'clock in the morning doing something for myself, I can stay up past that for God. Whatever I do for my own personal gain, I could do more than that for God. Don't look at me crazy when I'm shouting. I've just been doing a lot, and I said, God, I'm going to give you my best. God, I'm not giving you second helpings. I'm giving you my first fruits. She done married herself a man that done fell out with God, don't love God's people. Said he pitched his tent into the plain, so now they're moved away. All of a sudden, this war takes place. Sisera is the captain of that army that is, that is pressuring and killing the Israelites. God does bring his word to pass. He kills them. There's one man left. His name is Sisera. He's the captain of that place. I just want to stay here for one moment. I live this. You know what it's like to go to church on Sunday night and worship and feel the power of God and then to go home to somebody that doesn't love God, to live in a home that doesn't serve God, I must be the only one in the house. I must be the It's okay. It's okay. I put myself in the mind of JL because she's living for God. She's trying to figure out, God, why is my husband being influenced? Why isn't he leading me like I need to be led? God, I want to leave. God, I don't want to stay here. God, I hate it. Can I tell you there's a reason why? God said, J.L., what the devil meant for bad, what the devil meant for bad, that situation that you thought was going to kill you, I just set a trap for a, a devil for you to set free, uh, not just one or two people, but a whole, a whole group of God's people. I'm going to do it at, the, at your hands. Uh, and while you feel depressed and lonely, uh, while you feel alone in the valley, uh, and I just spoke a word and I said, baby, uh, you just got to stay. Uh, you got to stay where you're put. Uh, you got to stay where you're planted. Uh, why? Because God said, I'm going to work uh, through you.
Let us pray. I feel the chains falling off. I'm preaching to some women. You don't understand why God has you in the place he has you. This circumstance, it's not godly. It doesn't feel godly. It doesn't feel deliverance. And you've been pulling yourself to the house of God week after week and week after week, begging God, God, give me a word. God, just give me a word. God, I'm hanging on by a thread, and I need something. Can I tell you that he sent a preacher this morning that said, baby, you've been staying in the right place for the right time. And even when you wanted to give up and leave, I'm going to use this moment to kill the adversary that's not just troubling you, but is troubling your whole people. Some of you need to catch that. Come on, some of you women need to catch that. It's not a coincidence where you are. It's not a mistake where he has you planted. God has a purpose in the valley that you are planted in. Baby, you need to believe that if God spoke that your husband's coming back, he's coming back. If your family's coming back, he's coming back. Clap your hands unto the Lord. I want to paint a picture for you. He's about to do it. I said he's about to do it. I say God's about to touch down in this place and wreck your life. God's about to change you. The devil's done sold you a lie and said you can't be used in the kingdom of God. Your family can't be saved. You can't be saved. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is able. God is ready and he's about to do it. I want to paint this picture for you. It'll be a little clearer in a moment. But he says that her husband was not home. She walks. She's in her house, and there's a knock at the door. And there's a man, the captain, Sisera, is there. The Bible says, if you think for one moment she had it easy, if you think for one moment she was privileged, the Bible says that in Judges 4 and 11. Now, even the Kenite, which was one of the children of Hobat, go to verse 17. Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, for there was peace. You didn't hear me. There was peace between Jobin, the king of Hazor, which is the enemy, and the house that she lived in. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Because I know what it's like to watch a mama live in some circumstances that she was never supposed to make it out of. 
I know what it's like to see a woman that's supposed to be paralyzed by fear and depression. I know what it's like uh, to grow up in a house whenever everything is not what the preacher is preaching. But can I tell you, your scars were not meant to define you. They were meant to empower you. The scars that you possess were not meant to kill you. They were meant to strengthen you in the face of the adversary. Baby, your house, your house may not be a house of God. Child of God, you're in Sunday school, you're coming on the buses. Mom and daddy's not living for God. Your house may not be a house of God, but your closet can be. Oh. Because I know what it's like that when all hell was breaking loose in a home, I had a mama that said, thus saith the Lord, this house may not be serving God, but my prayer closet will. My husband may not be living right, but I'm going to tremble every demon in hell. I'm going to trouble God to the point to where those demons leave me. Oh, I feel that this morning. Some of y'all been running and on your heels and you don't know how you're going to survive. I'm telling you right now, God is fashioning you as a provision, not just to set your situation free, but for to set your whole family free, to set your people on your street free. And you have doubt because you're going to be alone, but I'm telling you that God is able. I'm about to help you. And I want this etched into your memory. That's why I'm not really a prop preacher, but I, want, I wanted, I, you have to see this because this is how God showed it to me. The enemy is at her door. It wasn't at work. It wasn't at the street. It wasn't at the bar room. It wasn't at the club. The enemy was at her front door. This is an interesting concept, interesting revelation that has so much power in it. Because when you understand the mentality and the spirit of JL, baby, she's not normal. Y'all not hearing me. I said, that, that, that's, not some, that's not just some little girl. Devil, you, you didn't, <laughs> you're not hearing me. Devil, you didn't just knock on the door of somebody who don't know what it's like to pray. Devil, you, do, you didn't bark up the tree whenever you thought you had my family. Bound. Devil, you picked the right one today. I wish you would knock on my door. I wish you would come in my house. There's just so much wrong in my life right now. Oh, there's just so much wrong. The devil's really beating me up. I can't get out of this house. Thoughts of suicide and depression. God, I can't make it. This, it's, it's not for me, God. God, these spirits are big. God, they're warring against me. Nobody likes me. Everything. 
God said, I got a will that you may not feel like it. You may not feel like you're adequate, but baby, I'm telling you that when I called you out from the grave, when I pulled you out of the hands of the sin, when I pulled you out of the hands of the adversary, baby, you do have what it takes. You are well enabled. God said, I'll use you where you are. Fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael. There was peace between that house. She's not worried. I feel that shift right now. She's not worried. She is not fearful. She's not afraid. You know what she does? Come on in. Wise as serpents. Here, can I get you something to drink? Yeah. Okay, sit down. Here, right here. It takes a special woman of God to remain composed and disciplined in the face of the adversary to the point to where you can get so deeply consecrated in the midst of your battle not that God delivers you but that you take off the head of the one that's been oppressing you it's not meant for you to run from God it's not meant for you to cower and flee who am I preaching to this morning the devil's had you on your heels and you haven't understood where you've been and he said baby I got your mercenary and you're it right here at this table I got the one that's been troubling you sitting right across from you what are you gonna do what are you gonna do mama what are you gonna do who am I talking to right now what are you going to do when you identify the enemy in your camp? Huh? You're just going to sit there? You're going to cower? You're going to sit there and be fearful? No, 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 no. God gave you a mouth uh, to reach heaven. God gave you prayers uh, to touch the throne uh, of God. Uh, I'm not meant uh, to cower down. She says, oh, Listen to this. God spoke this to me. It's in my version. That's it. That's it. Church, pray. Women, pray. Women, pray. Come on, that's God's heavenly spirit resting in this place. Come on, if that devil was sitting right across from you right now, would you be so timid or will you get a boldness in your spirit to, to take off the head of the adversary? Come on, mama, in the spirit. Come on, ma'am, in the spirit. Come on. Use your power. Come on, 
She gives him drink. She says, come on in the room. She says, come on in the room. I've been waiting for you. I've been, I've been anticipating you. I've been preparing just for you. No, you did not catch me by surprise. No, I'm not unaware. I know just why you're here. And while you think you're here to find some camaraderie with this house because my husband doesn't like God, what you've just sat across from is a mercenary for the Lord. I'm about to help you. And God's going to tear this place apart. What's it like to live with a devil, J.L.? What's it like to live in spiritual warfare when you go to sleep, J.L.? I, I didn't come to play patty cake, church. I came, to, I came to kill some demons. I'm sorry if this is too much for you. I just got a word from God. You've ran too long. You've hid too long. Baby, you got some anointing in your body that God has blessed you with. And what the devil meant to kill you with, God's going to use it to set you free. He said, I'm going to use you, J.L., but one picture I had in my mind, I want you to see this. She pulls out the chair. Her adversary is sitting a few feet from her. Baby, she wasn't in her prayer closet. Oh, my God. Baby, she wasn't hiding. She didn't leave when the adversary showed up. You know what she did? In my mind's eye, I saw her do this right here. You know what God spoke to me? That is a posture of power. Why? Because, devil, you picked the wrong one. I'm not intimidated by you. I'm not fearful in front of you. And if you knew what was good for you, you'd have picked another house to deal with. Because I'm not just going to let you walk out of here empty-handed. I'm taking your head off. Yeah, some of you getting it now. The reason you've been fighting what you've been fighting isn't because you're weak, it's because you're a chosen vessel. You're a chosen vessel for revival. You're a chosen vessel for your family. As they come to the music, I want you to hear me. You should have died. You shouldn't have made it out. You should have been consumed. The grief that God put on you should have broke you. The trauma that you suffered should have taken you out. But God said, baby, what those scars were for weren't for to define you. They were to give you supernatural strength that when I sent you in the presence of your enemy, you don't even flinch. When I put a devil in front of you, you don't even budge. When I put the adversary right 
right in front of you. You don't move a muscle. Why? Because I've been waiting for this my whole life. That's okay. Keep praying. That's warfare. Whether you realize it or not, that's God using you right now. What I want to tell you is that this table that the Bible speaks of, when she invited the enemy into her home, a table is symbolic of peace. Who am I preaching to right now? Who am I preaching to right now under the sound of my voice? That table that God set before you in the place of your enemies. That is symbolic of a place of peace. Baby, you've worried way too long. Baby, you've been crying way too much. The table that Psalm 23 talks about says that he prepares a table, not in the good days, not on top of the mountain, not when deliverance came. He said, I'm going to bring it when the enemy least suspects it. I'm going to give you peace when you should have fear. I'm going to give you anointing when you feel like you should be running. Why? Because, baby, I'm the reason you, you battle. I'm the reason you fight. Why is God telling us that a table is set before us in the presence of our enemies? A table is incomplete without its chairs. I'm going to show you what God showed me. He said, baby, when I put that table, that just wasn't for me to bring peace for you. Those chairs is meant for rest. In the face of your enemy in the face of your adversary I'm not talking about a pretty home where everybody serves God I'm talking about when the devil is using heroin and cocaine in your living room when your husband's drunk with alcohol when he's messing around with you when he's running around on you what baby I got perfect peace in my spirit I got perfect peace in my spirit I got perfect peace in my spirit why what is God telling me because baby I don't run from devils I sit down in the presence of them I don't run from the adversary I sit across the table from them why because God gave me something inside of me that says baby I don't run I want to show you something what's God telling us this morning I don't run from the adversary. Psalm 23 says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Catch this part. Not only did he put a table in front of my enemies, he don't like this part. He anointed me. I feel the Holy Ghost. 
Baby, in the midst of your trial, you got more anointing on you than you do on a Sunday night church service. You are anointed. He said, not only am I going to put a table before you, not only am I going to place a seat for you to rest, but I'm going to anoint you in the midst of your trial. He says, not only am I going to anoint you, this part says, my cup. Y'all ain't caught it. You ain't caught it yet. You ain't caught it yet. Because even in the midst of my battle, devil, I know you hate me and I know you want to kill me. Baby, you didn't bless me and you didn't bring me this far. Even in the midst of my storm, even in the midst of my battle, baby, I am blessed. I am blessed beyond measure. My father has my finances. My father has my blessings. In the midst of my storm, God is my provider. I don't really ever do this. I, I, I feel an urgency in the spirit. <clears throat> we are at an opportune moment, a chirological moment. God is in this house right now. I said God is in this house right now. I said God is in this house right now. Right now. God is in this house right now. This type of word demands one thing, a reaction. Not to me. God knows I'll struggle with this for weeks. God knows that this requires a reaction. Why? Because God said, even in the midst of your storm, it's your choice whether you sit at this table or not. Y'all ain't got it. Y'all don't got it. It's your choice whether you choose to be fearful. I said, if you've got the Holy Ghost, it's your choice uh, whether or not you choose to be feared by the devil. But baby, if you've got anointing uh, in your spirit, uh, if God is moving in you right now that says, I will make it, uh, I will overcome, uh, baby, pull a seat up to the table. Yeah. That's it. She's already got it. Some of you are lagging behind. Baby, I was meant for this seat. I was meant for this table. I'm going to leave you with this. And then I want you to respond in the Holy Ghost. Like God's been telling me how he's been harassing your spirit for the last two weeks. You didn't hear me. I want the same response that you got fearful about when they said you wouldn't be able to pay your bills. Uh, when your husband said he would leave. Uh, when they started doing drugs again. When the money was running out. I want you to have the same reaction. Keep that same energy. When you sit at this table, don't lose your voice. Don't lose your voice. Find your anointing. I'm going to give you these last two things. 
Number one, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. I could crawl under a pew and cry. He's here. Oh, my God, he's here. When you get the revelation that, number one, the devil is just calling your bluff. Baby, he can't even sit at your table. Y'all not understanding what I'm saying. When an anointed, powerful woman of God and man of God sit at this table, there's nothing else more that he fears. But I got a word for somebody. I was praying in this corner just before I came up. God spoke this to me. As they prepare to play. This is one table. You hear this preacher this morning. You don't hear anything else I ever say. I want you to hear it. I feel this so strong. If and when the adversary pulls a chair up to your table in the presence of my enemies, God spoke to me and said, Son, if he ever gets bold enough to sit at the table with you, I feel this, oh my God, that'll be his last breath. That'll be the last breath he ever draws. Baby, because when you get around my anointed, my, I love my children so much, and I test my children, but baby, let me tell you something I won't stand for. He won't sit at the table I've prepared for you. He won't be able to stand the anointing that I put on you. You have everything you need to overcome the adversary. Worship like God is working on your behalf. Somebody ought to get that in their spirit. I don't bring no doom and gloom. I came to tell you that God is about to avenge you of your adversary. Ghost. 
Somebody needs to pray while you're doing your dance. Do I got any older saints that know what I'm talking about? Am I alone in the place? Do I got anybody in the house that knows what it's like to not just do a little dance, but to get broken in the Holy Ghost while you're defeating the adversary? I'm just going to tell you, it ain't supposed to look pretty. Uh, it ain't supposed to look, warfare ain't pretty. It ain't supposed to look all pretty and nice. Uh, yeah, you need to be broken. Uh, you need to be broken. Uh, you need to be broken. Come on, start praying. I want you to call out your adversary by his name. I want you to extend an invitation to your adversary to join you on the dance floor. Oh yeah, I feel that. I want you to extend an invitation to your adversary. Baby, just meet me on the dance floor. Shout and give God the praise. 